Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. As always, we ask that you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It makes it easier for others to find us. And now, on to this week's message with Executive Minister Matt Mazza. Right. Thank you. Man, it's good worship. That is good worship. So glad you guys are here. I really am. I'm excited about today. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and invite Wade and Heather Hodges. If you will, uh, church, if you'll welcome Wade and Heather Hodges onto the stage with me, please. Absolutely. Welcome. Welcome. So glad you guys are here. All right. Have a seat. Have a seat. Oh, I also need to guess, uh, dismiss the kids if you uh, want to. Uh, kids, you're welcome to stay in here if you'd like and learn more about Wade and Heather. Uh, but you're also welcome to go probably have a little more fun in children's worship. But whatever you want to do, mom, dad, kids are welcome to go at this time or, uh, or stay or stay. All right. So the question that is sitting in this room right now is, who is Wade and Heather Hodges? Who are you? So I, th- I-, I thought it would be really appropriate this morning if we spent just a few minutes kind of getting to know Wade and Heather so that uh, you guys would have a little bit better idea. Because in just a few minutes, when we go down and have a little meet and greet time, you're going to get a chance to shake their hand. And that's about it. We don't have time to sit down and go through their entire life story with each and every one of you, at least right now. Um, maybe over the next several years we can do that. But uh, this, this morning, I just want to ask some questions, want to kind of run through some things. We also had some kids submit questions since they weren't able to be in here. So we've got a few questions that our children's ministry, specifically our kids, are excited to hear. And um, I'm going to do my best to ask those questions on their behalf. Um, but first of all, share with me a little bit about your background. Where did you come from? Yeah, go ahead. Heather, you want to start? That's pretty broad, <laughs> Matt. Where, where were you born? Where were you raised? Tell me a little bit about your family of origin, whatever you're comfortable sharing. Hi, I'm Heather. Hello, Heather. I was raised in Fort Worth, a little town called Azel, but I'm a third culture kid. My dad's job took us overseas often, and so I grew up in Iran, England, France, but mainly we always came back to Azel. My education, Wade and I met at Evelyn Christian in the communications department, and then we both went on to get a master's, and I've gone on to get a doctorate of ministry, and I'm currently doing a doctorate in, in another doctorate in INO Psych. Wow. We have two children. You want to talk about the boys? They're barely children. They're big boys now. <laughs> Caleb and yeah, Elijah. Yeah, gr- grown men. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? I grew up in West Texas on the state line, Texas, New Mexico state line. My dad was a cotton and peanut farmer, and I grew up on a farm 15 miles out in the country for most of my early life until adolescence. Then we moved in closer to town. Then from there, I went to the big city of Abilene and went to school, got a couple of degrees, met Heather, and then we we moved from Texas, Abilene, Texas, to Bellingham, Washington, to work with our first church there. We stayed there for six years and then to Tulsa, Oklahoma, six years there. 
then several years in Austin, Texas, trying to start a church, and then also working with churches across the country, speaking for different churches who were in much the same situation you've been in, being a guest speaker for long periods of time in the interim while churches looked for a minister. And then we moved to Dallas 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago, and have been working with the Preston Road Church for the last 10 years Mm. until coming here. Mm. Very good. All right, I think most people have a general idea of what preachers do. So we're not going to spend a lot of time. You'll have a chance to share more about what you do. But Heather, I'm really curious for you to share a little bit about your professional background. Well, I'm going to challenge your statement that most people know what a preacher does. That's probably true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably true. Probably true. Okay, I'm going to say that I have a good idea of what what preachers do. We pack a lot of work in one day of the week. That's right, yes. It's a good day you give us. It's a good day you give us. (laughs) So is that not the assumption that, hey, you just work one day a week. What a gig. That's right. Absolutely. That's a very fair, fair, unfair assessment. But um, You're you're going to learn not to ask questions. Okay, so will you share with us a little bit about your professional background, what you do outside of the home? You sure? Absolutely. We'd love for you to. So my background is mental health and psychology, marriage and family therapy. I currently serve as the vice president of organizational development for Encompass Health, but we are in the process of spinning into our own standalone company. So that is a lot of work Mm. right now, but I wake up every morning thinking about people Mm. and thinking about developing people and growing people. Mm. And I, I have this tremendous blessing to, to lead this department that is making a big impact in the lives of a lot of people because Mm. we are in geriatric care. So we are home health and hospice and we get to serve people all over the country. Mm. I love you doing ministry. You do ministry for sure. I love that. Is there anything you want to tell us about being a preacher that we probably don't know? No. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <clears throat> All right. I want to move on to some questions that our kids submitted that uh, Miss Samantha asked me if I would make sure and, and ask these. And so here we go. I'm just going to quick hit these. First question from one of our kids is this. Are you nice? That's complicated. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on who you ask uh-huh. and uh, what time of the day you run into me. Okay. All right. So All right. before 10 a.m., it's harder, which is going to make first service really interesting sometimes. <laughs> it's hard to be a Christian for me before 10 or 11 a.m. Okay. every morning. Okay. Okay. My mom thinks I'm nice. Okay. All right. <clears throat> and your wife? Three cups of coffee. Again, we're good. Three was, cups of coffee. All I right. said it was complicated. All right. Very good. Um, where do you live? One of the questions the kids ask. Well, we now live in Collin County for the last week, and we are delighted to be here. Welcome. Welcome to Collin County. Do you have kids? You kind of already answered that question. Um, Here's another one. Do you like your family? I need more specificity. That's a great point. I don't don't know what that would be, so we'll we'll move on. Um, Pets? You like cats or dogs? This is also a complicated question. We have cats. We had cats. You need to say that with more confidence. Well, this is a sad story. We, we moved to Collin County with two cats. 
and right now we can only find one of them. Uh, oh no! We, we, we're unfortunately we hear you have coyotes and bobcats. Yeah. Oh. There's animals in Collin County that weren't down there in Dallas where we lived. And, <laughs> oh. Yeah, city sorry. city cats go to the country I, and yeah, disaster. I am sorry. I I, I, I did not. I think know we that. sacrificed a cat to the local wildlife already. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So you in the you looking for a replacement cat? No. No. Okay. Not yet. Okay. All right. Fair I'm going to put the other cat out tonight. Fair enough. Okay. Wow. It's my cat. Oh, that's terrible. I'm, no comment. It's my, my favorite family member. He's putting out. Yeah. So you don't like your family as Come much around. as you did Full before. Circle here. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right. Another question. And we'll go, we'll go back to when you were a kid, just in case. Did you prefer peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or turkey and cheese sandwiches? I need more options. Grilled cheese would have grilled been. Cheese. I, yeah, okay, grilled cheese, okay, all right, okay, all right. Heather, choice. I, I no longer eat peanut butter and jelly or, or turkey and ham, but as a kid, I would mix peanut butter and jelly. It had to be grape jelly, Welch's, in the, together in a bowl just with a spoon. Skip the bread. Beautiful. Love it. Love it. All right, last one from our kids. Favorite superhero? That one's easy. Batman. Batman. All right. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. I knew. Yeah. What, what, what else would it be? What else would it be? Um, what are you passionate about? What do you wake up each morning whenever you finally become nice around 10 or 10.30 in the morning? Um, what, do you, what do you wake up thinking about that just gets you excited or motivated about going and doing it? Coffee, first off. <laughs> I, I'm a storyteller, and I love storytelling in all its forms. I, as a preacher, I believe I'm always telling a story, telling the story, but I also am intrigued by all other kinds of stories, smaller and varied, that we encounter throughout the day. Every person has a story they're telling with their lives. I'm living one with my life, telling one with my life, but I also love good movies and TV shows and good books where... I'm constantly immersed in a story. Mm-hmm. So for me, and I've even tried to write a few stories of my own in my spare time. For me, it, it, I love story and what makes a story work and what moves a story mm-hmm. along. I love that. I love that. Heather, what are you passionate about? Well, I said earlier, I was passionate about people. <laughs> and I appreciate what David said earlier about his thankful, grateful. That I do a First thing, as soon as my eyes open, or you know that moment of consciousness when you just start to realize, okay, it's day, <laughs> you got to mm-hmm. get out, out of bed. Mm-hmm. I do a kind of a mental grateful journal, and of course, it's always people thinking, thinking about people in my world, in my life that I'm so thankful for and so grateful for. But I'm also passionate about the next time I can hold a paintbrush, <laughs> mm. but also helping others tap into their own creativity as as well and what a form that is whether that's storytelling or gardening or cooking or the way a spreadsheet just perfectly lines up and all those numbers match and <laughs> we got some data heads here <laughs> but that's what that's what i'm passionate about yeah. is helping people live into their creativity especially how it can glorify god and and um, the beauty of the church mm, i love that will you share just a little bit more about the paintbrush about the paint. Next time I can hold a paintbrush. Yeah. Which has yeah. been a while since I've held a paintbrush yeah. because we've been yeah. looking for a home and, and moving. But no, yeah. I'm an artist. Yeah. And I, one of my passions is worship painting and 
telling a story mm. with with a paintbrush mm. and, and all of that. I love that. I hope you'll do that here for us again. Yeah, she's painted here before. Yeah. Some, some of you may remember that Heather came back several years ago and did something with Colin, um, but we look forward to that happening again, for sure. Um, the last good book that you read, what was the last good book that you read and what was the impact it had on you? Well, it's funny you said the word impact, because I'm reading Impact Players by Liz Wiseman, but that is a, a sort of kind of a, a workbook. It's not, it's yeah. not a, um, a faith book, or a, yeah. but I, I love that. I'm really looking forward to reading Dolly, pa uh, Dolly Parton's new book. I don't know if anybody's a Dolly Parton fan like me, but Dolly Parton has written a new book with James uh, Patterson, so I'm looking forward to that. Very cool. I, I wouldn't name a book, but I've recently finished Larry McMurtry's Lonesome Dove trilogy. I took just a little bit, almost a year to read through, started Lonesome Dove and then moved through all the other books. Lonesome Dove is also one of my favorite miniseries, movies, TV shows of all time. Mm. Have to watch it at least once a year. But I'd never gone back and read all the books. So again, getting into storytelling, but also great Western storytelling, those four books, I guess it's not a trilogy, it's a quadrology or whatever it would be. <laughs> that I just love those stories. Love it. Very good. If you had a completely, totally free day off, what would you do? How would you spend that day? I'd spend a lot of time reading, probably. Give me a good book, comfortable place, and read. Very good. Heather? Painting. All right. Very good. <laughs> Excuse me. Favorite scripture, story, idea from the Bible? If you had to pick one. Besides Jesus. So, yeah, that's right. Besides Jesus. I, that's my answer to you, Jesus. I love the story of Joseph at the end of Genesis. The arc of his story and where he's the favored son, the golden child, goes into the pit, endures hardship. Mm -hmm. It serves a larger purpose. He is trained in a way that he can be helpful to the whole world but it's this hardship that allows him to gain that knowledge and wisdom. And then in the final moments, he's revealed to his brothers and they're afraid and he blesses them anyway. And, and he says, mm. God was at work in all of this. Mm. Even though you were trying to do me harm and you meant it for evil, God was at work in my pain and my suffering and in your evil mm. to bring something good out of it. And if, if that's not life, real life, I, one of the reasons I love the Bible is it's true, not just historically accurate. I don't mean it that way. I mean, it's true. It resonates with our experiences in life. Mm. That's good. That's good. Well, you said Jesus. So I'll, I think the greatest command, the Shema, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and mm. love your neighbor as yourself. But I'll I'll piggyback on Wade's OT. So we'll go to let's go to the Book of Esther, and I think that universally we've all been through a lot these last couple of years. And who knows that we've been through what we've been through for such a time as this? Mm. Mm. Thanks for sharing that. There's a sermon right there. No doubt, no doubt. Why'd you come here? Yeah. Somebody had to ask, right? Yeah. Might as well be me. Why did you say yes? Why did you decide that Greenville Oaks is where God was mm -hmm. leading you? There's a flip side to what David said earlier, as you all were asking for names and 
building your candidate list. And in that flip side is some of the very same people who were telling you about me, telling you about us, they were also talking to me about this church. Mm. And they're a, a list of people that I think both you all and that we respect who said Greenville Oaks is a church worth talking to and that you need to get to know better. We were in a discernment process where we were leaving Preston Road. We weren't sure if we were going to continue in ministry, professional ministry, preaching ministry, or if it was time to do something else in another season of our life and lives. And so we were discerning, actively listening and talking it, but we had a number of people that kept saying, you really need to talk to Greenville Oaks. <laughs> and what we heard it, from others, but also what we heard from the search team, what we heard from the elders we visited with and others, was that this is a, a kind and loving church, that this is an open and flexible church, that this is a church that doesn't exist for it just for its own preservation, but is looking to bless its community, and that this would be a church where we could come and be ourselves and serve mm -hmm. and use our gifts but also be loved and benefit from the gifts of everyone here. That's a long answer to say we came here, as it seemed to be the Lord's will, to see if what everyone was saying about you is true. <laughs> mm, that's good. That's good. This is a two-way street, church. This is a two-way street for sure. For sure. Heather? I don't know if I can add anything to that except I, the opportunity to get to worship with Gaynell Kellum, a friend. Well, yeah, yeah. We, we, we have some friends here already. That, that was also a positive. Definitely, definitely. One final thing. As you look to the future, what are you most excited about? Ministry, personally, big picture, micro, what are you most excited about? One of the major lessons I've learned, I think we, we knew this theoretically two years ago, but one of the lessons I've learned over the last couple of years is the future is unknown. And I'm not as excited about the future as I am paying attention to what we're doing right now in the present hmm. to become the kind of people who are ready for whatever comes in the future. Mm. Mm. That I don't have a master plan for myself, yeah. for us, for this church, about where we're going or what we need to do in the future. I do have some inclinations and some ideas about what we need to be doing right now to become the kind of people, the kind of church, the kind of followers of Christ who are ready for anything. Mm. Because who knows what's coming in the future. That's good. That's good. Heather, anything you uh, add we're, we're, we're exactly in the same place mm. on this one. I love that, that. I mean, two years ago, you wake up on March 11th and you hear, oh my goodness, there's a global pandemic. Yeah. And every day has enough trouble of its own. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm so glad you guys are here. I really sure. am. I'm looking forward to getting to work with you and work with you and to know you both within the ministry work, but also mm. personally as well as friendship. And I'm, I'm excited excited for what god has in store thanks thanks for being here thank you all right you'll come back next week too right i'll be here okay all right all I'll, right i'll be in charge of the questions <laughs> fair enough y'all stay here just stay up there
<laughs> it is a good day. It, it is a good day. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and invite all the elders and staff and their spouses to come up here. We're going to have a, a special time of prayer and, and blessing over Wade and, and Heather. Um, and specifically, I want to invite a very special guest with us here this morning. And we have one of the elders from Preston Road. Uh, Mr. Cooter Hale is here, and uh, he is going to come and share. Um, this was one of the elders that worked with Wade, and Wade worked with at Preston Road, and we're excited to have him here. And he's going to share just a couple of words and then and lead us in a time of prayer. And then Greg Kaufman is going to lead us in a time of prayer as well on behalf of the Greenville Oaks. You guys pack on in. Come on in. Come on in. Let's, let's surround them. We're going to spend a few minutes as a church and as a family uh, praying um, God's blessings and grace and mercy on them and, and our church and this new ministry. So, good. I'm going to hand it over to you. Good morning, Greenville Oaks. I bring you greetings from the hinterlands out in the park cities in Dallas. <laughs> um, I'm a little jealous of you this morning. Uh, I was on the uh, search committee, chaired, co-chair of our search committee 10 years ago, met Wade and Heather, and you're on the front end of something great that we experienced for a whole decade. Um, I'm a fourth generation member of our fellowship, uh, and I can say that uh, I have never heard a preacher as good as the one that you're about to have here at this church. And uh, his wife, Heather, is equally talented in so many ways. And I think you'll find, maybe you've seen this morning, that she is a force of nature <laughs> and a force for good. Would you pray with me, please? God, we thank you so much for this, this lovely spring day, spring morning. We thank you for all of the good things that the Greenville Avenue, Greenville Oaks Church of Christ does in its community and in the world. And we thank you that we are partners. We ask you to be with this church as it transitions with Wade and Heather into ministry. We ask you to bless Wade as he leads this congregation. We ask you to be with him in his messages. May they provoke everyone to want to glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you play with me, please? Dear God, our Father, God, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and God, the Holy Spirit, please direct and interpret my prayer. I am grateful and thank you for your love, care, and protection of both the Greenville Oaks Church and the Preston Road Church of Christ in our times of transition of lead and preaching minister. Please continue your infinite blessings on Preston Road. Bless their selection team, their elders, candidates, process, and their new minister so that your kingdom come and your will be done for Preston Road as it is in heaven and let all see and know that it is so. Thank you for your gift of Wade and Heather to us. 
bless them first as they become new members of our church family. Bless us and them that we become fast and faithful in our love, care, support, and service to and for each other. Lord, hear my prayer. Dear Lord, please bless Wade and Heather in all the transitions they are experiencing in establishing a new home, new patterns of life, learning, and becoming familiar with and accepted by a new community and new neighbors. Bless all the new relationships with us at Greenville Oaks and in our community. Please bless us and Heather as she finds her place with us. Help us to welcome and be blessed by her gifts. Bless Wade as he begins a new ministry with us. Bless all his new relationships with staff, elders, and all of us as he learns and applies and learns how to apply his gifts in ministry together with us. Let his ministry be a blessing to us and to him beyond all that we could ask or imagine. Please allow us together to find rhythms of rest and recharge to maintain and protect Wade and Heather's health. Physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Protect us and Wade and Heather from all the attacks of the evil one. Make him powerless in bringing us harm. I praise your name, dear God. I thank you for your kind and loving attention to us. In the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in unity of the Holy Spirit. And amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you for being up here. We're going to clear the stage, and we're going to let Wade have a few minutes. So, church, let me introduce officially Wade Hodges. <clears throat> You can make it. Whoo, Cooter ambushed me there. Cooter's a federal judge and an elder of the church, and his name is Cooter. Cooter's been my good, good buddy for 10 years. Absolutely, not even saying it for political purposes anymore, absolutely my favorite elder at Preston Road that I worked with for 10 years. Thank you for being here, Cooter. Love you and Claire and love all that you are and will continue to be to me and to Heather. As I was considering what to share with you today in my first, albeit very brief, message I decided to highlight one of Jesus's core practices, something he did all the time, something that is characteristic of who he is and what he did throughout his ministry. And it's a practice that endeared him to many, but also brought him under sharp critique and rebuke from some. And the practice I have in mind is that Jesus was willing to eat 
with any and everyone. And it was scandalous. Early on in his ministry, the Pharisees were investigating Jesus, following him around, paying close attention, checking out his legitimacy. And they were alarmed and disturbed that he was eating with tax collectors and sinners. Because in that culture, to eat with someone, to gather around the table with someone, it was symbolic of communicating acceptance of that person. It was a way of including that person in your group to say, we are here around this table, we're breaking bread together, we're sharing a cup together, you belong to me and I belong to you. You are accepted at this table. Now, acceptance doesn't mean an endorsement of all behavior, but it was a gesture of inclusion and acceptance for Jesus to eat with any and everyone. And Jesus ate, and the technical term, by the way, for this is table fellowship. Table fellowship. And Jesus ate with or extended table fellowship to all kinds of people. He ate with people whose lives were falling apart. And he ate with people who didn't understand who he was or what he had come to do. He ate with people who doubted him, with people who did not like him, with people who did not agree with him. He ate with people who were looking for a reason to kill him. And he also ate with people who were incapable of remaining faithful to him. He ate with sinners religious and therefore social outcasts. He ate with them not because they repented and they were getting their lives together. He ate with them as a way of inviting them to repent, of motivating them to change their lives and be transformed by the grace of God. And then he would also, though, eat with the Pharisees and the religious leaders. Even as they were silently judging him at the table, he was there eating with them because he used table fellowship as a way of inviting religious hypocrites to repentance as well. He ate with crowds of people in the wilderness who were desperate for a miracle-working king but would not follow a cross-carrying Messiah. He ate with his betrayer a few hours before Judas handed him over to the authorities. And he ate with Peter not long before he denied him three times. And he ate with his disciples just before they abandoned him in his time of greatest need. And then he ate with them again after his resurrection as a way of extending forgiveness and restoration to them after their failure. And today... The risen Christ is still eating with sinners, and with doubters, and with hypocrites, and with failures. The risen Christ continues to eat with any and everyone, including you and me. One of the reasons that every week when we gather in a place like this, we make time and we create space to gather around the table 
is because we recognize that the table is one of the places where Jesus puts the all-encompassing, all-embracing, universal love of God on display for all to see. We know that at the table, we receive the grace and mercy of love and love of God in a concrete way. It's also one of the reasons why we always make room for other people at the table. There's always room for more at the table of Christ. Jesus continues to invite all kinds of people to his table, which means that when we eat with Christ, we're eating with others. We're eating with each other, but sometimes we're eating with others. We're eating with people who are just like us, and we're eating with people who aren't like us at all. We're eating with people who don't like us, and that we don't like much either. We're eating with people who come from a similar background so that we agree on almost everything, and we're eating with people who see the world in a radically different way than we do. We eat with friends and family and brothers and sisters in Christ, and we eat with our enemies because that's what Christ did, and that's what Christ continues to do. We eat with one another because we're eating with Christ, and Christ has called us all to the same table. And so today, as we gather around this table, I want to share with you a table invitation that has become meaningful to me, even though I've only recently discovered it. It's used by churches all over the world. But hear this invitation. This this is the table, not of the church, but of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love him and those who want to love him more. So come, you who have strong faith and you who have little faith. You who have been here often and you who have not been here long. You who have tried to follow and you who have failed. Come. For it is the Lord who invites you. And it is his will that those who want him should meet him here. Come to the table. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for what the table represents. That at the table, Jesus welcomes us as sinners, as skeptics, as doubters, as hypocrites, as failures. And that as he makes room for us at his table, we make room for more of your love and grace and mercy in our hearts. And I pray today that as we gather around this table and receive that grace and mercy and love, that we would not only feel closer to you, but to one another, and that you would continue to use this time around the table to draw us together. We thank you for Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, but also for his example 
at the table. It's in his name that we say thank you for this bread and this cup. Amen. The body of Christ, broken for you. The blood of Christ, shed for you. Now as you leave the table and go out into God's good world, may the love, the grace, the mercy that you have received here, may it nourish and strengthen you and give you the courage to do God's will this week. Go in peace. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Connect with us on Instagram. You can find and follow us there at Greenville Oaks. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.